Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. Well, today's message is going to be titled um, "Hindsight is 2020." And um, so, hindsight is 2020. Who's ever heard that before? Hindsight's 2020. Really? I thought that would have been hip. <laughs> Nobody's ever heard that before. Okay, so the expression hindsight is 2020 is um, 2020 vision is like the best vision. And then um, looking back, it's always easy or clear to see, um, what, you know, a decision. Let's say you have to make a tough decision. Usually looking back, it's like so clear. But before you made that decision, it might have been kind of confusing or tough to make. So that's why I titled it that. I thought it'd be a hit. <laughs> um, okay, so. I'll kind of start off, um, I told everybody my testimony, um, I guess, a couple months ago, so I'll kind of leave those details out, but I'll kind of back up, you know, um, I was always raised having a five-year plan, and I don't know if anybody in here does that, but man, I was faithful with that thing. I had a a little manila folder just like this, um, and, and I had five of them, and I had a year in every folder, and I had goals and accomplishments that I, you know, wanted to make sure that I got done by the end of that year. I was such a, a nerd about that stuff. Um, and, you know, after year one, I would add a year to my plan. So, um, you know, examples of that. You know, I was 15. Um, you know, I, uh, I started working when I was 13 and um, making 20 hours a week. And uh, it's just something that uh, my parents had talked to me uh, about early on in life. You know, if you want to drive when you're 16, you better start working. Uh, now, you know, so, so I did. And that's when the whole five-year plan started. So at 15, my goal was I wanted to save up for the down payment of a car, you know, because man, when I turned 16 years old, I didn't want to waste no time. I wanted to be driving. And then when I was 16, my goal was to pay off my first car and to buy a second one. And just, I'd budget and I was real, real detailed, real goal-oriented. Um, and another goal of mine was to uh, work for my dad's business. My dad owns a business, um, pretty nice size business. And I wanted to work for it, learn as much about it as I could uh, with the plan of going to college and take it over when I graduate college. And, uh, and that all changed in January of 2012 when I got saved. I didn't realize that right away, though, uh, until I was about a sophomore in college at UL. That's when I got saved um, and I had to schedule classes and I started, I started to lose interest in school. And I used to love, like, business classes. And I, and I still love business. But, man, I, I was so excited. Like, I'm telling you, I was such a nerd in school uh, in college because uh, I couldn't wait to get to class. I wanted to talk about what I was learning, all that stuff. And, uh, and all of a sudden, man, I started losing interest in that. Um, and, I, you know, I would bring my Bible in my school bag and go to the library, read my Bible, um, Man, my, my interest just started to shift. Well, I'd even schedule my classes like with enough distance to where, like, let's say I'd go to a morning class at nine. My other class wouldn't be till noon and I would leave and go home and pray. And I know that sounds like silly or whatever, but it's the truth. That's what happened. And um, and so, man, I was just hungry for more of God, you know, right off the bat. And then, you know, after a couple months of that, you know, nonchalantly, a friend of mine asked me, you know, so man, you know, the end of your sophomore year is coming up. Uh, what's your plan? Like, what are you, what are you doing? 
And so I always had a five-year plan, you know. So I was like, well, man, you know, I actually, for the first time ever, I didn't have an answer. You know, I was like, oh, man. Uh, and I rattled off, you know, yeah, I'm graduating and go take over my dad's business. And uh, that's the plan. But when I said it, it was like, man, that doesn't sound as good as it used to, you know. So I continued on um, in that. And um, but my hunger for for things of God just started to increase. Well, as a result of that, um, I don't know if you guys ever heard of Pike, but it's a fraternity um, at UL. So, um, you know, ever since I started in college, I would get recruited to join fraternities. And with my background, uh, working at a young age, not having anything uh, really, I guess, handed to me, you know, growing up, um, I was from Houma, Louisiana. The only thing I knew of fraternities was, you know, the this typical stereotype, a bunch of rich, spoiled, you know, party guys who just want to get drunk and hang out. And that's not what I wanted. Not that I didn't get drunk and, and party. I did a whole lot of that. But um, but I didn't care to join a, a frat, you know. And so two years went by. Um, I was just getting recruited and I just kept pushing that off, pushing that off. Well, man, I get saved. And all of a sudden, I kind of wanted to do that. Uh, and it didn't make sense. And uh, how many of y'all were here with Pastor Nick uh, was here? A good bit of people. All right. So, you know, I had uh, made contact with Pastor Nick early on. And um, and I told him, I said, man, you know, this is going to sound crazy, but I think I want to join a fraternity. And uh, <laughs> so he said, yeah, dude, it does sound crazy that you want to join a fraternity. Man, didn't you just get saved? I said, yeah, yeah, I just got saved. And he was like, well, I would really caution you. Um, and doing that, and, and pretty much, and what I'm learning now, which is church languages, don't do that. And I didn't know that, you know, so I did it anyway. And um, so I joined, and um, the Lord, you know, that same voice that I felt like was telling me to join, um, started giving me these ideas, and one of them was to start a Bible study in the fraternity. And so, um, you know, day one in the fraternity, um, I, I was a pledge. I don't know if you ever heard of that term before. You go through this process, you're a pledge, and you're pretty much just a grunt, you know, for nine weeks or whatever. So I was a pledge, and there's positions. Um, oh, and by the way, I'm going to get up, like I'm going to stand up, sit down. I'm ADD, so I can't stay still, just to give you a heads up if you see me do that. So anyway, um, so yeah, man, I, I started off in this pledge process, and, you know, they have they have positions, and one of them is the president of your pledge class. So man, that voice was telling me run for the president of your pledge class. So I, I I did. And you have to give a speech in front of like 350 people. Um, it's all the active members, the other pledges, and any alumni in the in the city come and hear you talk. And so I didn't know what I was going to say. And so I prayed about it. I got up in front of everybody. And, um, and man, I just said, guys, like, I, I think this is great and everything. But the reason I'm here, and I told them, like, Man, I, I just gave my life to Jesus, and man, I was just so new. I was so new and fresh, man. I was radical for, for God. And I said, man, I just gave my life to Jesus, and I felt like he put it on my heart uh, to join a fraternity, as crazy as that sounds. And um, and I like what this thing stands for, um, but I'm willing to, to give this everything I got and uh, and do everything that we're supposed to do. You know, they do a lot of philanthropy stuff, et cetera. I said, but I, I'll never do anything that would come against um, my relationship with my God, you know, and um, to condense that, I ended up I ended up winning and got to be the pledge class president and started a Bible study. Well, man, that thing was a hit. I mean, 
it had so many people um, out of like 150 actives. I mean, like the first Bible study was like 25 people showed up and um, and they had some real questions, some tough questions and some but some good questions. And uh, and that just that just started to take off. And I had never even been to a Bible study before. I didn't know anything about I don't know what we were supposed to talk about. I just knew that we could get together and and I'll read some of the Bible and we'll talk. I had no direction, no idea what I was doing. Uh, but man, God, just thank God he gave me some grace there. Um, but, you know, after the first year, um, I got involved with Chi Alpha and um, and, and they kind of helped me get a little better organized as far as my approach to that. But I continued that. And um, and, you know, the Lord ended up doing a lot in that fraternity. He gave me a lot of favor. Um, I always held a, a position. I never elected myself to run. Um, and he just gave me so much favor and um, and so much influence. And. Eventually, I got offered the presidency of the whole fraternity, and I prayed about it. You know, the Bible says pray about everything. So I prayed about it, and I felt like I was supposed to turn that down, And um, but I didn't know why. And when I got up to tell him, hey, guys, um, I appreciate it, but I'm going to turn this down, uh, they asked me, you know, why. And, and at that moment, I knew. I said, man, you know, I think, I think the Lord wants me to turn this down. And none of these people, you know, were Christians or anything, but they trusted that what I said was was from the Lord, you know, like they didn't know. And so I said, man, I just feel like the Lord wants me to turn this down. And um, and as I was talking, I said, I think it's because uh, he wants me to, you know, allocate more time on on my Bible studies and stuff. Well, man, like he was faithful. The next Bible study I had was like twice the size of the one before. And so I watched I got to see God move in an area that, you know, I, I don't think he's allowed to move in very much because not many people are going there to, to help him out uh, moving. And so I got to see him in a practical, worldly area. And I learned that, man, God is everywhere, you know. So um, that was the Pike scene. I learned a lot there. And, um, you know, eventually, and by the way, I'm, I'm going to kind of switch scenes here. Um, but, you know, eventually I run into questions I didn't know. And so, uh, you know, Pastor Nick was a huge help there. Um, and he would always come and tell me like, man, you know, check out this resource or, you know, he would kind of feed me to feed them. And I learned a lot. Well, that kind of carried over like at the end of the school year uh, for the first summer. And y'all ever heard of the ramp? I've talked about it a few times. Um, raise your hand if you heard of the ramp, because I feel like maybe just four people have ever heard of that. OK. Um, and this is where I'm going to stand up because I'm getting tired of sitting um, so yeah, the ramp is this place in Alabama. It's a school of ministry and it's a church. Uh, but every summer they have like three events. Um, and like summer ramp one, summer ramp two, summer ramp three. And really it's a, it's a floor with carpet just like this, uh, concrete underneath. There's no chairs in there and, uh, it fits about 1500 people. So it's probably the size of, of our sanctuary here. Um, but it's three days and three nights. And man, it's like three services a day, an hour of worship at each service. And I mean, it's people go there to do business with the Lord. I mean, it's it's not a comfort, you know, environment, man. You're sitting on concrete floors. Um, but man, people turn out from all over the country. And whenever you're willing to be a little uncomfortable for God, he shows up. He'll show up. And so he did. So I went to the ramp, had no idea what I was going to. I'd never been anything like that. I think I was saved for like maybe a year or so. Um, 
Well, man, day one, I walk in. This is a crazy story. So day one, I walk in, and it all adds up at the end, I promise. Um, man, I walk in, and there's this Hispanic guy, and um, he's got a family with him, and he's got this little, short, chubby kid. And um, he's probably five years old, and he's the cutest little, like, like Hispanic chubby kid, you know? And uh, he has so much energy, and uh, that's what attracted me. That's what caught my attention. And so uh, I kind of walked up, and we were all sitting in the same general area. And I said, hey, you know, I introduced myself. My, my name's Brady. And he was like, hey, I'm Jesus. And so his name's Jesus. And, and I meet his kids. I can't remember the little guy's name, but I don't know why, but I was so drawn to him. You ever meet somebody, and you can't explain why, but, like, you feel like you connect with them? Well, that's how I felt with Jesus. Well, come to find out he's actually a pastor. And we just get to talking, and, and that's day one. So we made the connection. Well, day two, you know, we're sitting, and there's no assigned seating. You're all over the place, and there's 1,500 people sitting on the ground. So day two, I'm looking around, and I spot Jesus, but I don't see the little, the little guy. Well, um, there's some preaching going on, like about halfway through the, the, the second day. And uh, you know how sometimes when people preach, They'll say something like really good, like it's like a good nugget, man. And you're like, oh, man, that was, that was good. But sometimes it takes you a while to get it. Well, man, I thought I was quick. This guy preaching, um, who was Damon Thompson, he said something. And, um, and when he said it, it was like, oh, it was one of those things. It's like, I know there's, there's a lot to what he just said, but I need to chew on that. Well, man, as soon as he said it, here comes this chubby little kid just, Oh, he jumps up, man. Everybody's sitting. So he jumps up. He's like raising his hand. He's into it. And then it clicks in my head like, dang, that was good. And you know how like sometimes kids will do stuff like, you know, for attention or something like that. Well, every time a good nugget was shared, this little chubby kid would jump up excited before it would even click in my head. And I realized, man, that kid is spirit filled. He knows what's up. Like he's picking up on these on these Jesus like nuggets. This guy's dropping from the, the podium over here. So. You know, we'd see each other, but man, there was a connection there. So this is this is where this is crazy. I had just got baptized in the Holy Spirit, um, and it's the last day. And uh, man, it was the last day, the last night, and the Holy Spirit was moving. Holy Spirit was moving. And around this time, um, I had been really seeking the Lord because I, I remember my five year plan. I didn't know what I was going to do, and school was was happening way quicker than I thought. And so I was asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? You know, what do you want me to do? And, um, man, the Holy Spirit was moving, and, and I just had my eyes closed, squinted, you know, like I was telling you all earlier. Uh, it was worship, so, yeah, my eyes were just closed real tight. And I was like, God, speak to me, man, speak to me. And uh, I was just real adamant. And I kept getting Romans 10, like just, I don't know what Romans 10 is, but Romans 10 kept hitting my mind. And I just thought like, oh, it's probably like the last thing I read or something. And then, but it was, it was persistent. And Romans 10 kept hitting my mind. And so finally, like my Bible's on the floor. I pick my Bible up. I open up to Romans 10. And of, you know, of all subject matters, and I'm going to read it, some of it to you, of all subject matters in the whole Bible, um, this is kind of what I was feeling. But this just, it was one of those rhema words. I know that's like a a church word, but it was one of those rhema words that it just spoke to me, you know. And so uh, it said, um, "It said, uh, brethren." I'm kind of, I kind of blotched it up, so it might be difficult for the media team. So I said, "Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness 
that they have zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Um, jump to verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. 14. How then shall they be how the, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And this is where I was like, oh man, this ain't what you call me to do, huh? And uh, and then 15. And how shall they preach unless they're sent? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. And then 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Man, when I read that, I don't know if you've ever like just been reading the Bible and like words are jumping off the page at you. That was one of those moments, man. Words were just jumping off the page at me and I didn't know what it meant, but I knew it was it was something I continue to refer back to. And so like I underlined, starred that and I knew that was something that the Lord wanted me to come back to. Well, about 30 minutes later, Man, uh, Damon Thompson and a bunch of like the the worship team, they start going around the room, you know, baptizing people in the Holy Spirit. And um, and I mean, that is one of the times that I have like I, I can't tell you how many maybe three times in my life I've felt the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit. Like, I mean, it was it was thick presence of God in here. Uh, you couldn't help but cry. I mean, it was it was amazing. It's just that's what happens when so many people who are super hungry for the Lord, you know, set aside comfort and everything just to seek him. He shows up. And I mean, he showed up. And man, I'm crying. I'm I'm snotting, man, just praying in tongues and my eyes are closed. Well, man, um, it wasn't the audible voice of God, but it was like in my like people say like like in their knower it was in my spirit man four things the lord told me and it was it was these might sound simple but when when the lord speaks them are huge and um the first one was i love you the second one was i have big plans for you the third one was i'm proud of you and then the fourth one was just be still know that i'm god and trust me and i get choked up when i tell that story because it was just, uh, man, it was very impactful. So when I heard that, it hit me, man. I hit my knees. My eyes are closed. Snot still coming out my mouth. Um, oh, my nose, not my mouth. Uh, crying, man. And it was one of those, like, whew, Holy Spirit was thick in there. And that same voice, after I hit my knees, that same voice, my eyes still closed, told me to stand up. And so I stood up. And as I stand up, I feel, bam, a hand on my chest. And uh, my eyes are still closed, and a hand on my uh, on my shoulder, and it was it was this voice saying, "Brady," and it was it was a Hispanic voice, and it was Pastor Jesus. He tells me he go and he's crying. Okay, he says the Lord loves you, he has big plans for you, he's proud of you, and he wants you to just be still and trust him, and know that he's God. And I opened my eyes, and he opened his eyes, and we were both just crying. We hugged each other. I met this dude two days ago. We hugged each other. We had a, one arm around each other with the free arm, just our hands raised, worshiping God. And we still we still keep up to this day. I, I have never seen him since. We still keep up to this day. And, and he, he had told me, Brady, I don't know what it is, 
But but pay attention to whatever that voice was that you felt. Never forget that voice that you felt tonight. That's the voice of the Lord. Obviously, <laughs> he, he moved really big. So that's when the Lord started getting my attention. And I, I still didn't have a five year plan, but I, I started to know that the direction it might be going in. Um, and so I get back to the uh, I was going to say the United States back to Louisiana um, from there. And. I started having people like random people coming up to me saying, you know, Brady, you're going to be you're going to be a pastor. By the way, side note, I hated when people said that I never wanted to be a pastor because it didn't fit the plan that I have for my life. You know, I had my had my whole life planned out, man. God can't come in my in my life, start ruining my, my life, man. You know, so I started having people saying that and, and like recognizing the call of God on my life before. Um, before I guess before I did, um, you know, I had a friend. Um, we were good friends, and and I would go to church on Sunday, and leave and go hang out with her. And I would re-preach the message that Pastor Todd would have preached that Sunday. Like I'd get the little the notes and everything, and just I'd re-preach it. Like so excited, and man, she would like sit on the edge of her seat, like listening to everything I say. She was one of the first people to tell me. Like one day, she just looked at me. She's like, "Man, you're gonna be a pastor." And I probably, I don't think I talked to her for like a month after that because I was so aggravated, it didn't fit my plan. Well, then Pastor Charlie at Chi Alpha, probably within a week's time, uh, we're riding in his in his car. I think we're going to Walmart or something. And he looks at me, he's like, dude, he says, I think you got some preaching in you. And I was just like, oh my gosh, man, like I just heard this last week, you know. And he's like, yeah, you might, you might, uh, you might be a little, a little pastor. Uh. And I was like, all right, hold on, just stop, you know. And, um. About a month later is when Pastor Nick had announced that he was going to be going to Boise. And so he, me and him had went to lunch and he, he told me, he's like, man, you know, um, I think I see, you know, uh, a call of God on your life. And, and if, uh, if, if there's no open doors around here and you think Boise would be something you'd be interested in, um, well, you know, I'd like to like for you to pray about it. And so like, that's like the third time within a month and a half's time this is being said, um, so I started to tell God, you know, look, Lord, um, I'll do anything for you. And I started making lists of just all these business things I would do for the Lord. And, and I just started saying, you know, if I'll do this for you and this for you and this for you. Just don't call me to be a pastor. I don't want to be a pastor. And so I do that all the time. I'd be praying about a test and I'd be like, and give me wisdom on that test, Lord. Oh, and one more thing, you know, don't let me, don't call me to be a pastor. You know, I would throw that in everywhere. Um. And so Pastor Brad, um, that summer, uh, yeah, it was that summer had, had passed away. And, um, and then his last words were, obey the call. And, um, you know, I had did some classes that Pastor Brad used to put on. And I didn't spend a lot of time uh, uh, quantity with him, but we spent a lot of quality time together in a short period of time. And uh, we were kind of from, like, the same area and stuff. And, and, man, when they announced it from the pulpit, I felt like, I felt like I was looking around. I almost felt like people were looking at me. No one was looking at me, but I felt like that. You ever have that feeling like, man, somebody's watching me right now. That's how I felt. Like it was almost like paranoid. And, um, and it just, it like, it stuck with me for a while. And, and I started to feel when I would pray, I started to feel like the Lord was saying like, Hey, I'm giving you signs. I'm giving you confirmation. Like, why, why are you not heeding what I'm telling you? Um, and so finally I was like, all right, all right, Lord. A couple of weeks later, I said, if if you're calling me to be a pastor, 
I had never talked to Pastor Todd at this point ever. I mean, I just would go to church. I never really had a conversation with him. It was uh, an altar call afterwards and then, you know, for prayer after a service. I said, Lord, if you're calling me to be a pastor, let him tell me. And I pointed at Pastor Todd and I was just being straight with God because it was one of those things like, Lord, I know you're not going to do that. So I'm not going to be a pastor unless you do it. And so I pretty much said that. And so I get to the altar and I was waiting, I think, for like Pastor Brandon or something to go and pray. And Pastor Todd is off um, to the side praying with somebody. And I'm looking and I'm just kind of have this attitude like, yeah, God, go ahead. Get him to ask me, you know. And man, sure enough, he look, he opens his eyes and he looks up and he's like, hey, wait one second. Wait right there. And I was like, so like I sat down, you know, in the pew. I never talked to him before in my life. I sat down um, in the pew and all the other pastors are finished praying. And man, you know, Pastor Todd wasn't in no rush, man. He just he finished praying with that lady for quite some time. And uh, which felt like forever for me. I wanted him to hurry up and tell me what he was going to say. And, uh, you know, everybody else left and it was just me and him. And he comes up to me. He's like, hey, man. And he looked like unsure of what he was supposed to say. And I'm just waiting on him like, what you going to tell me, man? You know, and so he's like, he reaches in his pocket. He gets out like a, a card, like a business card. And he, he, wrote, he wrote his his number on the back of it. And, um, and he said, look, I just, I feel really impressed upon by the Lord uh, to, to give you my, my phone number, give you my information, and open myself up to you um, if you need anything. And, and you could tell he was like holding something back or like wasn't sure about what he was saying. And I was confused because I'm like, well, that's, well, Lord, like you kind of called an audible on the play there. Like I gave you an option and you didn't pick my option, but you used the guy I told you to use. So um, I was like, all right. So I didn't really know what to do. That was a Sunday. That Monday, Bam, I called Miss Clovia, that's who I learned that, that I needed the call. So I called, spoke to Miss Clovia, and set up an appointment. And then we just started meeting um, throughout that whole year. You know, I'd go and we'd meet like every other week. And um, at first, I didn't know why I was supposed to be meeting with him. I was waiting on him to, at the first meeting, I was thinking I'm going to walk in and he's going to say, well, Brady, the Lord told me that people have been telling you you're going to be a pastor and you needed me to tell you that. So you're going to be a pastor. That's what I expected. Well, that never happened. I was I would go to his office, man, two times a two times a month for a whole year, and we just started off in small talk, and you know, and I don't know, man, it was just it was great times, man. I'd, I'd ask all kinds of to me were tough questions, and he'd always either have like a book to refer me to or you know something, and it was just great times. But it was awesome for me to be able to just kind of just soak up some stuff from um, tons of stuff from Pastor Todd. Well, that following summer, I went back to the ramp. Um, and they have, uh, um, this ramp story won't be as long, but, um, the following summer went back to the ramp and it wasn't this summer, but it was last summer. So I'm in there. Great. You know, just like last time, great service. And there's an actual Creek that they do their baptisms in. Um, I mean, it's, it's really cool. It's like, they have like it's rocks on the side of the Creek. It's really, really beautiful. And they have like a rock bed at the bottom of the Creek. And they lead people down like these marble steps and people actually get baptized. And it looks like you're in the Bible times, like getting baptized. And so I went to it. Everybody goes, uh, you know, and whoever wants to get baptized gets baptized. It's really spur of the moment thing. Um, And I'm standing on this rock and this random guy walks up to me. And I was fasting the whole week going up to the ramp. 
so I get there, um, starving, um, fasting all week. And it's like the last day of the ramp. They're doing baptisms. And this random guy comes up to me and he goes, hey, man, he said, uh, are you a pastor? And I was like, no, I said, no, I'm not. And I, what I was fasting was, do you want me to do ministry? Or do you want me to do business? Um, and, and, and the guy said, you sure? <laughs> I was like, yep, I'm pretty sure I'm not a pastor, you know. And he says, well, okay. Like he looked at me and he's like, you sure? I was like, yeah, I'm sure, you know. And it, he looked at me like I was lying to him or something. And um, that was weird. You know, dude walked off and I just kind of shook it off a little bit. Well, we had to park in like a bunch of fields and stuff. There's no parking lot out there in uh, Backwoods, Alabama. And so I park in this field and I'm walking to my truck and I hear, hey, hey. And so I, I turn around and there's this guy, the same dude who came up to me at the rock. And he's like, hey, come here. And so I stopped and I started walking the other way. And I was like, hey, man, <laughs> if you'd ask me that again, you know. And I was like, hey, man. He's like, look, he said, um, he's like, I just feel like you need to know this. I, I feel like you're running from a call. And he said, no matter what you do, don't let anything get in the way of you being a pastor if you feel like you're called to do that. Random guy. I never met this dude before in my life. And um, and I was like, okay, well, well thank you. You know, and um, went back furious um, because, like, I was starting to make build my case again to go into business and, and all that stuff. So, man, get back, and, uh, you know, I just continued to hunger for things of God. Um, I started to take classes at UL, continued to meet with, with Pastor Todd, but my elective classes that I had saved for my senior year, I started to take um, you know, like uh, sociology of religion, you know, to where, you know, it's being taught by a Buddhist teacher who advocates Buddhism to the full. And, and, you know, tons of Christians go into this class and they don't come out Christians. They come out Buddhist. And so I took the class. It's super hard to get into. I found out last minute, went online. I had one seat available. Um, when you're scheduling classes, you schedule online in college and they have they have one seat available. And I'm, all right, boop, clicked on it. And so come to find out, it's very hard to get into the class. Well, what what an awesome thing the Lord did. He opened up a spot. So I got in the class, and um, so many times we'd have projects. And she would give us like a, a, a Buddhist poem or saying or something. And, and I wouldn't engage in like a debate or anything, but it would always, like the, the Buddhist sayings or anything that she would teach would almost they would always address like 50% of an issue or 50% of something. Whereas I could find a verse that would address that whole thing. It was just the Bible was so much more all encompassing. And so like I took a lot of classes like that, which really helped to build my faith, um, not just in the, in the walls of the church, but also in, in a public area, you know, amongst like Muslims, Buddhists and stuff like that. So learned a lot there. And then, um, and then one day, I, all, of the, all of that I just told you kind of tied it up together. When do y'all remember Pastor Timothy that came here, uh, Chinese missionary? Um, well, he came here and kind of I got a chance to just catch up briefly, like, you know, with him and stuff. And I heard him tell one of the pastors um, how before he was a pastor, he had he was very involved in business and just did a lot of stuff. And how the Lord used a lot of like the areas that he was involved in to equip him to be a pastor. And man, um, I kind of, when he said that, I was like, hmm, 
man, it, it, it just sounded a lot like my situation. Um, so after he we, he had like a little pastors uh, or leaders meeting up here in this room, actually, the Sunday night that he preached. And man, it was another one of those times I could feel the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit. And um, it was awesome. I mean, he he preached and I mean, we prayed in the spirit as a group. It was awesome. Well, man, that night for about that whole week, I started having dreams about everything I told y'all about the ramp trips, about um, Pastor Jesus, about his chubby little uh, boy jumping up and down. Um, everything would just run through my dreams. And it was like memories. Well, during this time, you know, I had graduated college in the summer. And, and during this time, I was working for my dad, you know, and with, with plans to take over his business, his plans to retire. And um, and things were moving on. I mean, we were buying property and land um, in, in, in Lafayette. And with all this, you know, all this plan for me to take it over. And I feel like the Lord is calling me in the ministry. And it's like, whoa, man, we're, we're moving quick in business and we're fixing to make some decisions that would put people in, in quite a bind. You know, people be buying land, building buildings. And all of a sudden I just say, oh, hey, guys, um, I'm out. I'm going to be a pastor. So before all that stuff started, man, I just sat down with my dad and I told him, I said, look, you know, this doesn't make any sense. And this is, I guess, about three, four months ago. Um, I said, look, I know what I'm fixing to tell you doesn't make any sense. But here it goes. And so I recapped everything I just recapped with y'all. And I said, now, look, I don't know when I'm called to be a, a pastor. I don't know when I'm called in the full time ministry, but I think it's soon. I just feel like it's soon. And um, and it doesn't make any sense. But I, I think I think I need to go work at, at family life. And he was like, well, what are you going to do? I was like, uh. I don't know. I'm going to have to meet with with Pastor Todd and see if there's anything open. So I checked. There was no pastor position open. And so it didn't make any sense. I mean, it made zero sense. And so I battled that a little while until eventually um, they had a spot open up doing maintenance with uh, Mr. John. And so um, that's not what I felt called to do, but it was the only open option. And so that's what I did. And so, you know, about four months ago, I came here, started working. Uh, with Mr. John, and then on Wednesdays and Thursdays, Pastor Ty would let me help with some of the pastoral duties and, and stuff like that. Well, man, I guess about, what, a month uh, and a half ago or, or two months ago, um, you know, Pastor Todd and Elijah had met, and it's it's crazy how, like, how the Lord can work, because right at the same time, I was feeling one thing, like I was in business feeling a call to ministry, it was the same way, you know, with Pastor Elijah. Neither one of us knew that that had been going on with the other one, you know. And so when I got that that final deal, when, when Pastor Todd had met with me, he went, met with me on a Wednesday, um, Wednesday night, uh, right after a kids camp. So or was actually during the week of kids camp, met with me Wednesday. Um, and he pretty much told me what was going on. He said, look, you know, I, I'll give you till Sunday to come up with your answer. And so my response to him was, unless I hear from the Lord that this is what I'm supposed to do, I'm not going to do it because I need a word from God to sustain me if I if I say yes, you know. And so um, so I went home um, and I, I started to fast and pray. And y'all ever heard of the word lament before? Yeah, lament. 
So, man, I didn't know that was what you called it, but, boy, I did a lot of that. I started lamenting to the Lord, man. I mean, it, it, it looked a little bit like this. Lord, what do you want me to do? I was hollering, man. And I just started to say, man, I, I'm walking away from this business. I think I'm crazy. What do you want me to do? You know, and I just started just going. And, man, it's so funny. I don't know if you're know, familiar with Job, but, man, when Job started to lament to the Lord, there came a point where a guy said, stand here like a man. He told, he told Job to stand here like a man. Well, I always, I've read that before, but I didn't know what that felt like. Well, now I knew what that felt like. I'm telling you, it wasn't an, again, it wasn't an audible voice, but it was like the Lord spoke to me, man, in my, and it, it stood me up like, oh man. I, I went from, tell me what you want me to do to, whew, I, all right. You know, like very humbled really quick. And I just felt like the Lord say, just because it doesn't make sense to you doesn't mean I'm not calling you obey me or not. And I was just like, okay, I'll obey you. And so I called Pastor Todd, told him, hey man, it's a, I mean, hey Pastor Todd, it's a go. Um, And so here I am. And so um, I know that's not like a preaching message, but I kind of felt like I wanted to address that stuff with everybody, hopefully answer some questions. And I wanted to open it up for like a little Q&A now. But I know y'all are quiet sometimes, so let's go. Anybody got any questions? Or I know Matt's got a couple questions, but I think he's saving those uh, for last. I know that was a long story, but y'all don't have no questions? You got to ask one. Matt, I hate to use you. Eric, you got one, dude? <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> What you got, Matt? <laughs> Next question. <laughs> oh, man. What up, Pierce? What's that? Oh, man, Matt, I don't know. What you think? <laughs> oh, good question. Anybody else? Man, y'all ask me. It could be anything. Um, so, JP. Good question. Um, by far, First uh, Samuel sixteen seven. That's my favorite verse in the whole Bible. I'll read it. What you about to ask that question? Sam? Oh, yeah. I think it's bookmarked. Yep. Sure enough. Look, I even have a piece of paper there all the time. That wasn't there. Um, yeah, it says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Um, you know how people say they have a life message? That's probably going to be mine. I don't know. I haven't lived long enough to make the statement that this is my life message. But that's uh, that's I'm huge on that, you know. Um, the Lord sees our motives and, and he sees our heart in every decision that we do, um, whether that be serving at church, whether that be at school, talking to parents, talking to friends, anything we do, God looks at our heart and he sees our motives. And if our motives and our heart isn't right, he's not going to give you the grace or favor or, or the blessing. Everybody else might look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. But the, the adverse effect is true, too. 
um, you know, you can be in a, and, and this has been true in my life so many times, um, you can you can be in a situation where you don't think it, it's looking too hot from the outside, but in, in the secret place, you know, when you, when you spend time with the Lord in prayer and, and you just be real with God, he sees your heart, he sees your motives, he'll give you favor, you know, um, and he'll exalt you. And so that's why it's my it's my favorite verse. Good question. Let's keep this momentum going. Yeah. No, no. And I'll tell you why. It's a good question. Here's why. Um, and when Pastor Todd said I was I was nervous, this is what he was probably alluding to. Um, you know, growing up, look, I had great parents. They provided for me. I was very fortunate, very blessed to have good parents. Um, but they provided the essentials, and they, like I said earlier, they always had me work for anything extra. You know, I was ten. I wanted a four wheeler. My dad told me, "Fine, you save up for half. I'll buy the other half." And I pushed a lawnmower, cutting grass down the road, knocking on doors, and I saved up half, and he bought the other half. And so, like, the reason I bring that up is I didn't have like a childhood. You know, my dad built houses on the side. I'd help him build houses. Um, I worked when I started working. I was 13 years old. The only recreation I did was martial arts, and that was because it was after five o'clock. You know, I could do that. And so, like, I didn't really have like too much of a childhood, and I was never part of a youth group because I wasn't a Christian until I was 21. And so, that's that's the part that was kind of like, well, Pastor Todd, I love the Lord. Like, I'm on fire for the Lord. That's never changed since the day I got saved, and I just didn't envision it that way because I, I didn't know what that looked like. But after praying about it, and 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 it, that really started to shift um, at the Echo Conference. Um, I had prayed with a with a guy. I'm not going to get into it. It was a great great situation, though. Um, yeah. So yeah, and the, you know, the more the more I'm involved, the more I, I understand. Like, just like like the Bible says, like the Lord's ways are higher than our ways. You know, and um and I, I wouldn't. Given the chance to do another thing now, I'd still do this. Like this is where, this is where I know I'm supposed to be. Good question, Joseph. <laughs> That's a good question. Oh man, I, you know what I'm learning, man. I, I'm one of these people. I have to have a five year plan. I gotta have a five year plan. So yeah, but God's always allowed to call an audible on the play there. Uh, and I don't make my plans so rigid that I'm the Lord of my life, you know, and that's what I was doing before. Um, I was just my Lord. And now I'm learning to let him be my Lord on that five year plan thing. Good question. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. I believe you go to heaven or you go to hell. One or the other. Good question. Are you asking about what I believe or what other religions believe? Yeah, oh yeah, that's what I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say that one more time? Oh, oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I could, man, I could feel this. I could fill a couple hours with stories on that, but you know what? Um, there's been so many times that I I was you know terrified to do what I knew the Lord was telling me to do, and um, after I stepped out, 
he immediately he he has never let me down. And but there's been a, there's been a handful of those, and and God has never let me down, not one time. Uh, and he and like the Bible says, he doesn't tarry. Like he he never took a while either. You know, it was just it was me being scared. It's really what it was. Man, I'm liking the questions. Let's keep going. What else y'all got? Back there, Blake. <laughs> Man, a lot. I um I um like I said earlier, I like I like martial arts. Um I like uh boxing, um Muay Thai, kickboxing. Uh, that's really that's really primarily um all that I do now there. Um I like um I like exercise. I just like anything active. I just like to do active things, um, fishing, hunting. Um, I'm sure, I'm leaving something out. I don't know. I like to do a lot. I like to dance. <laughs> hey, man, y'all excited about that one? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Whatever, whatever type you got. Whatever time you got. Oh well, you know what? <laughs> That's the one type you you got me. No comment. All right, what else? I see you stewing over there. No, okay. <laughs> All right. All right, going once, going twice. David, yeah, man, I love David. That's um, I've always identified a lot with him. Um, he made he made some stupid decisions, and so I've done that before. And then um, and 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 on the outside, he's done some things that. That people don't think are very pretty, but his but God called him a man after his own heart, and um and I love that. You know, I hope that one day uh, the Lord says that about me. You know, when I get to heaven, I hope He says that about me. Um, I try to make decisions like I think like like based on that. You know, so yeah, David by far. Any other questions, man? Tree, keep them coming, bro. Favorite parable? That's a good question. Oh man, um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. I don't like pharisaical people. Like I, I don't like religious, judgmental. You know what I'm saying? I don't like people who compromise the word of God either. Okay, but I don't like just pharisaical people. So a lot of um, a lot of par- parables dealing with that, dealing with Pharisees. Um, I love the I love the redemption of the Lord and and the grace and forgiveness of the Lord, and so um, you know I, I love the parable um, about the woman about to be stoned. You know I just think that was that's awesome. Um, I like taking unorthodox approaches to Christianity. I like to be real. And I like to bring Jesus wherever I go, even if most people say it's not, uh, you know, the best place or whatever. I just I believe that Jesus casts out darkness, not other, not the other way around. And so I like how Jesus met a woman at a well 
when there was nobody else around in a time that, you know, you didn't you didn't go to a well by yourself when a woman was there, you know, and, and Jesus did to minister to her, you know. So, man, I don't know. That's a tough question, but it's a good question. But um, it's hard to pick. It's hard to pick. Huh. We've still got like two minutes. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like sports. Pretty excited. Football season's coming up. Yeah. Amen. That'll preach, huh? Yeah. Yes, man. Archery. Hmm. Um, I have not been an archer, but uh, <laughs> but good question. If I uh, could get good at archery, I'd probably deer hunt with a bow, but um, yeah. You know, it just doesn't reach out as far. You know, I can I can definitely knock them down with a gun, and I I don't know if uh I don't know if I'll do the same thing with the with the archer. I mean a bow. Oh, good question. I was I was gonna close with that. I was gonna close with that, but um. Oh, uh, tables. They got uh papers on the table. I'll kind of tell y'all about. Okay. Any more questions? Go on once. Like what? Like that's a case by case. Um, no, I get you. Like that's that's a heart. That's a that's that's on my heart. You know, like things that are going on in school right now. I believe it's a very, very tough. I think it's the toughest time in the history of our country to be a, a school, you know, a high school student or a college student. Big time. And so, like, I, I get the question, but do you have, like, a specific or? My my, my general advice would be um, don't ever think that there's not an answer to a question. You know, a lot of times people, their faith gets shaken because tough questions come up and they feel like they can't ask them. And, uh, and God has an answer for everything, you know. Uh, there is an answer for everything in this book, everything. I mean, I've put that to the test for years in college. You know, I get and I don't like debates because I don't find they produce very much fruit. I think it just people who tend to debate, they both want to win. And it's not about winning. It's it's if if I win the debate and the, and the person walks away and loses the debate but hasn't come to Jesus, I haven't done my job. And so I, I say that I put this to the test. What I meant was I would ask tough questions. Or, or put myself in places that they had like these new age questions and all that stuff. And I would go get alone with the Lord and, and, and just hash it out with the Lord. Like, hey, God, you know, I know you're real. I had an experience with you. So it's not shaking my faith, but I want to know the answer. And, and he's faithful and, he, and he'll, he'll plug in. So if you stay in your word, that would be my general advice. Stay in the word of God. Continue to read that. You have to keep renewing your mind there. Because when you go in these environments, the only way uh, to be a light, and there is is if you're constantly taking in the word of God and spending time with God, we're definitely in a time to where we can't afford to be like a part time Christian. You know, we just can't do that anymore. And so that would be my advice, man. Don't ever stop asking tough questions and uh, and stay in your Bible. Yeah. And, you know, talk those things out. By the way, if those questions ever come up, please, that's that's my job. That's what I get my life to do. That's part of ministry. Come, you know, call the office, whatever you got. Yes, ma'am.
So I think I, know, I think I know what you're asking. I think you're saying that um, maybe like in a, a third world country or something, people are more dependent on a move of God. Like if they don't have a doctor at every corner, they're more dependent on the Lord to heal um, somebody. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I don't think so. Yes and no. OK, I think that you see a move of God in places that are more hungry for him. I think that it can happen in America. I think I think it does happen in America. I think you might see that in, in more impoverished countries because people um, are more, you know, hungry in some instances. But I don't think it's it's closer to hell or anything. I think, um, you know, there's two. There can be two mindsets in 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 Christianity, and one of them one of them is a prosperity gospel, which means that you know if you have a lot of money, it means the Lord gives you more favor and blessing. Like some people believe that. Oh man, that person's well off. That's called the prosperity gospel. The other one's called the poverty gospel. That man, if you're really poor, you know, you're you're super humble and that's what the Lord wants. Neither one of them are, are, are true, you know. The the Lord came so that we would have an abundant life. I mean, that looks different for everybody, but we're well off in America. It doesn't mean, you know, we're closer to hell or anything. So yeah. Does that answer your question? Good question. Anything else before we close out? You got something? Pierce, you smiling over there? Yeah. What's so funny? <laughs> um, okay, so um, going once, going twice, closing out. Okay, so look, um, on that table back there, please, before you leave, I know we kind of over a little bit. I'm sorry about that. Um, I'm going to be doing a series uh, called uh, You Ask For It. Exactly what it sounds like. If I'm going to be standing up here preaching and you guys are coming, I want to be preaching something that you want to hear about. Pretty straight up. I just want to, I want to preach something you want to know about. You know, there's a lot of things topical I can preach on. And I can go to the Lord and, and hear it from the Lord and what he wants me to preach. And I'll do that. But, you know, if there are some topics that you might have, there's a paper back there at the top that says you asked for it. And there's some lines. Please don't be shy. Write down some topics. Um, as you, you can't write too many, write down some. And what we'll do is I'll compile those um, and we'll vote on them. Uh, maybe not the next time, but the next time. One of the next times we meet, we'll vote on them. Does that sound cool? Awesome. And then lastly, before we go, uh, there's a student info sheet. I want to I wanna have everybody who comes, and I want to have your name, your phone number, your parents' name, your parents' phone number. Um, I think that's valuable. You know, if ever I need to get in contact with you, if we ever have to cancel service or or if we're relocating service or if we have an event coming up or anything like that. Does that make sense? So if you can, you ask for it sheets, write down some topics and student info sheets. It's going to ask your name and phone number, parents name, phone number. Cool. All right. Well, I'm going to pray out and we can roll. All right. Hey, Jesus, uh, Lord, thank you for uh, a, a productive night. Um, Lord, I just pray that as everybody leaves, Lord, that you would be with them in a practical way. I pray that you would show up practically in every area of their life, Lord, um, whether it be in school conversations, whether it be in extracurricular activities, whatever it is, Lord, you're in everything. And I pray that you show that to them daily, Lord. I pray that you would use every student as a vessel for you in a real way so that they can they can glorify you 
and experience being used by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would bless them, protect them on their way out. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you.